everybody. My name is Tony Barnes. I'm a father, husband, realtor with Keller Williams Pinehurst, professional musician, ambassador for Military Foundation, Camp Resilient North Carolina, and corporate leader for Patriot Foundation. I've always been fascinated by people. Everyone I meet, I try to hear as much of their story in whatever brief moment in time we share. Even the most average-seeming human could have a captivating story. This show is about unlocking the stories of the people that I've been fortunate enough to meet and those whose names have positively influenced the communities they serve that maybe I haven't met yet, but can't wait to. This show is simply called More or Less with Tony Barnes. More is in Moore County, the beautiful southern North Carolina community that many of us call home. And because some of these stories need to be shared much more. Less, as in less serious, lighthearted conversations with one-of-a-kind humans about how they do more. Well, uh, you know, we always like to start the show just kind of talking like we were a little bit before. So I just wanted the listeners to know that executive producer Frank Daniels' mustache is very fantastic this morning. Thank you. Handlebar (laughs) style. I decided to keep the the little handlebar parts instead of going just for the clean. It's awesome. It really is. But we talked about how your wife probably doesn't like it. Mine doesn't either. If I ever did that, she'd probably disown me but uh i, I, I admire your courage thank you sir. thank yes. you thank you <laughs> the commitment that's, yeah. that's what it takes yeah well let's tell them that last night even though this will be aired in three weeks and you know the, last night was uh halloween you mm-hmm. know recording yes. this uh so what did you guys dress up as last night the family uh we were characters from murder on the orient express i was hercule parole the detective my wife was the governess i cannot recall her the character's name my younger son was the murder victim. Uh, he wore skeleton pajamas. And then my older son was the train, which my wife spent a lot of effort and time making a train costume that he wore. Um, it was like a little a cardboard base, and it was painted. It was very nice. She did a very wonderful job. That's good. That's yeah. good. You definitely should give your wife praises, for sure. Um, yep. It was all her. She did all the work. <laughs> You're a smart man. Especially now that you have a mustache and <laughs> right, she doesn't like right. it. So. <laughs> uh, Every, yeah, it, she does even more than she did before I put this mustache. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, that's cool. Yeah, we went uh, trick-or-treating in our neighborhood, too, and uh, I, I was, I'm, I'm the lazy costume guy. You know, like, we had this wig that I probably wore every single year. <laughs> just like, and I was dressed like still real estate, you know, just work. I just, it was luckily yesterday was a good day. And so I got home, like, okay. I was like, I'm not dressing. So I was like this fairly nice dressed, weird looking black wig, you know, with like a straw hat on. I don't know what I was, but it was, it was weird. You were Ted Nugent? That's, well, that's maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Could have been. Not that cool, but yeah. Or perhaps just Mr. Weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, yeah. A, just a weirdo that, in general, I think, yeah. <laughs> that tracks. Actually, that's my normal everyday routine there, so <laughs> my wife will tell you. So, uh, But anyway, we're off on a tangent there, but uh, my name's Tony Barnes. We're here at the More or Less Show at Pilot Radio Studios. Executive producer Frank Daniels with his fantastic mustache, and today's guest, one of my favorite people, honestly, um, you know, been a super giant mentor for me in my real estate career. Uh, you know, absolutely fantastic guy. He's been around Moore County for a long time, doing real estate and all kinds of great things for the community. Uh, this is Roy Harville, uh, the broker in charge for Keller Williams Pinehurst, and uh, I guess president, founder, CEO, if you will, of uh, US One Realty Group, right? Well, actually, uh, I acquired US One Realty. Oh, okay. From a stalwart in the community at the time, uh, Mr. Jim Dawson. Jim has uh, gone on to be with the Lord, but uh, he was very active in the real estate community in the 1970s and 80s here in uh, Moore County. And I acquired US One Realty from him in 1992. Wow. That's awesome. So. Prior to that, uh, I was in the county uh, since 1980, born in Montgomery County over in the beautiful metropolitan uh, of Bisco, <laughs> and uh, lived 16 years in Laurenburg. But uh, we've been here since 1980. I'm married to my lovely wife, Peggy, and we have two children. Lisa, as you know, works with us. Uh, she lives in Pinehurst, and uh, her husband, Charlie, 
Lisa and Charlie Hazelden, and my son John and his wife uh, Linda have two children. My granddaughter Allie is a senior at uh, Davidson, and my grandson Holden is in the fourth grade at Episcopal Day. So that's fantastic. We uh, <clears throat> we enjoy being here. It's a great place to live. Having always surrounded it, we decided in 1980 it was the time to. Uh, move in and enjoy it. It's been a great time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Moore County. I can. I sort of. I wasn't born here, but I was raised here ever since I was about three. And you know, I, you don't realize how great it is until you kind of get older, at least for me, and then realize you know where you grew up compared to, and you've traveled and you see other places, and then you come back here and you're like, yeah, this is a pretty good place <laughs> for sure. Well, and I don't really tell people that uh, my mother was a Moore, and her mother was a Brown from the northern end of the county. So when I go in that territory, I'm still a Harville because I don't want to get into any uh, family situations. But. Speaking of family drama, we were talking about that earlier. Yeah, so. It might also interest you to know that uh, the pilot, of course, sits in the old Parker Hardware building. Uh, Tony Parker was a distant cousin of mine from the Moore side. Hmm. Okay. So, that's awesome. Little history there. Yeah. Before my time, but I've heard heard stories. Yeah, this is great. See, this is why I wanted to have have you on, Roy. I, I think you probably have more knowledge than most in this uh, in Moore County, and uh, you still are actively participating in real estate. And I mean, being a broker in charge, and also having a very successful real estate company. Um, I don't know how you do it. I mean, it, trust me, because this guy will answer his phone for everybody. I mean, even if, even if you're, I mean, if you're a provisional broker, broker he's kind of responsible for you, but he'll answer the phone for me all the time. And trust me, I call him a lot more than I probably, you know, I like talking to him, but you know, not certain situations. You know, so he, he will answer his phone and be there for his people. So. Well, I still enjoy it, and uh, as long as I enjoy it, I'll keep doing it. Uh, the Lord has blessed me with reasonably good health for. Someone of uh, who's in the twilight of his youth, <laughs> and uh, I was going to make one other historic remark here. Mm-hmm. Very few people uh, have ever had the privilege of spending the night at the Belvedere Hotel across the street. My basketball team from Bisco uh, were fortunate enough to uh, play in the state championship that was held at Southern Pines High School, and our town was very supportive of the basketball team. (laughs) So even though we were only 25 miles away, uh, the town handed up the money and let the boys spend the night. (laughs) We would have stayed longer, but we lost in the first round. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) But I had the privilege of spending the first night I ever stayed in a hotel was in the Belvedere in beautiful downtown Southern Pines. That's a good place wow. to have your first hotel stay. That's awesome. That's and, awesome. Uh, so where is that? And I, forgive me, I don't know this no, history. Right. Where, I mean, I, I'm very familiar with the Jefferson Inn because I play music over there. And, it's across the street. So that oh, across the street from the yeah, Jefferson Inn? it's where the the uh, shops are now. Oh, okay. Uh, but it was a hotel. Wow, that's awesome. And uh, of course, Southern Pines. Uh, over the years, I believe, had 12 hotels. Really? Hmm. That's interesting. <clears throat> I didn't know that. Was and, was there a fi- Am I wrong? Was there a fire somewhere? that, Or am I just completely Oh, no. There up? was more than one fire, but the big one was down uh, at the hotel. His name escapes me, but uh, where the uh, Christian school is on Bennett Street. Mm, okay. Gosh, I should know, because we had uh, <clears throat> Chief Cameron in here, uh, the Southern Pines Fire Chief, and he, we asked him about memorable histor- historical fires and he mentioned that one but gosh i can't remember the name of the hotel either hmm that's interesting it's well, interesting and, there's le- there's more hotels it seems like back then there are now well, like, uh, this was a uh, a north south stop from the for people coming south and of course southern pines was established long before uh pinehurst was hmm. But uh, Pinehurst became more renowned, but uh, Southern Pines was a great place for people from the north 
who didn't want to take the two to three week train trip to Florida to stop here, even tempered in the winter. It wasn't that cold. Right. So they would come out of the north and spend their time here in Southern Pines and then later uh, into Pinehurst. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, there was a I, – I remember hearing that there was a uh, trolley, like a real oh, – the, you know, the Holly trolley. The Holly <laughs> – there we go. It, it went from the um, train station here over through where Noah Golf Course is now and then straightened up Midland Road. Oh, okay. And uh, delivered people to the Holly and then – did a turn around and come back. You know, I never. I always thought that it came around like the whole way that Midland Road goes now. But you're saying it went it kind of diagonally across there. If you uh, if you play the No Wood course, there's a couple of markers, or at least one marker in there, uh, designating where the trolley used to be. Hmm. Okay, I actually haven't played that, so that's a a good excuse. <laughs> uh, I live on the ninth green. Okay. So you need a slice to straighten, or you're going to be in my backyard and I'll capture your ball. <laughs> well, I have few enough of those as it is. Have you ever uh, had any windows broken? That's a good No. Good uh, fortunately, the way that uh, the house is laid out, eh, sometimes it'll hit a window, but typically it's just the roof. Hmm. So well, how many uh, how many golf balls per year you think you just have uh, I have a large jug that uh, we bought candy corn in <laughs> that's full and then I have a basket full in the garage and some of them I just throw back out on the course. <laughs> you ever I, hear, hear people cussing when they go by? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I have uh, some people who find that it is. Um, Less than exciting to uh, use the King's English uh, when they make <laughs> make or miss a putt, but you know life's exciting. Yeah, right. that's right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Southern Pines, you said it was founded before. I know the Jefferson Inn is like over a hundred years old, isn't it? Or is it close uh, yeah, to? Yeah, and I've sold the Jefferson Inn twice, by the way. Did you really? Did you sell it to Curtis? No, oh, okay. no, no. I wasn't fortunate enough to get into win the big money. Oh yeah. I, <laughs> I sold it when it was uh, down somewhat, and then it was renovated, and I sold it again, and then it went downhill again uh, before it was ever resurrected to wow. huh. the grandeur it is now. But That's interesting. Yeah, I have a lot of uh, good memories at the Jefferson Inn at playing music. That was one of the first places that let me uh, play music a lot there, and they, they were the first per- people in town to do Wednesday through Saturday music regularly because, I mean, even 10 years ago, and we'll talk about this too, the the evolution of Moore County and the, uh, the population growth and spurts and everything, but even 10, 12, 15 years ago, I mean, it was pretty sleepy town still. I mean, you know. Uh, you- well, the benchmark, the benchmark date is 2006. The growth really did not move rapidly until a couple of years after that. But that is when Pentagon South came to Fort Bragg, uh, when they moved uh, all the headquarters of uh, the various units from Fort McPherson, Georgia, hmm. to Fort Bragg. Uh, Fort Bragg had never had a, a general above two stars. Hmm. And so the whole world changed with the um, that growth in Fort Bragg, huh. and uh, with that came uh, an alignment of um, the uh, base allowance for housing. Uh, a lot of people thought they could not live in Southern Pines. Of course, the other secret is that we had. Uh, Delta Force here when there was no Delta Force. Hmm. Um, that was back in the 80s, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the uh, the military has become the dominant influence in uh, the real estate market, especially in Moore County since uh, that transition at Fort Bragg. Hmm. It happens that that transition occurred, though, just as we were having a 
economic recession. So there was a slowing in the real estate at the time, and it really began to pick up uh, more in 2010 through 13. But 2006, 7, 8, we were in somewhat of a slow up, and but that was the time that they were building the buildings and making the transition. Hmm. Well, tell us a little bit, if you don't mind, it's a good segue into uh – you know, real estate and the history, kind of the demographic change and the history of Moore County and real estate. Can you give us a little background just about, you know, you, you used to own a company, uh, Harville Construction Company as a builder and, uh, you know, how you got into US1 Realtor Group. I know we talked a little bit about that. You bought it in 92 or 91? 92. 92. Um, but just give us a little brief history of that, if you don't mind. Well, actually, when uh, we first came to Moore County, uh, we were in uh, the financial planning and investment management business. Hmm. and uh, did various and sundry things, but uh, we did financial planning when people thought that financial planning was buying a term insurance policy and uh, and a mutual fund. <laughs> but uh, we had a CPA on staff, we had an attorney on call, and we did true financial planning for a fee. Uh, and from that, uh, like everything else, uh, tax law has changed. Uh, I'm one of those fast learners, so when the tax law has changed in 1985, uh, we were doing a lot of, uh, of tax-related activities in real estate and other uh, types of investment. And, of course, it was two years later before I found out I was out of business and (laughs) dealing with tax shelter. So I'm just a slow learner. always have been. (laughs) But during that period of time, we were fortunate enough to uh, be able to purchase the Holly Inn in Pinehurst. And in 1984, we did uh, a renovation on a hotel that had been sitting dormant for 10 years. And uh, that kind of segues into planning and zoning and those types of things. Uh, Pinehurst, while it has its history back to 1895 with the Tufts family, it was only incorporated in the early 1980s. Hmm. And in their infinite wisdom, when they incorporated zoning in the village, the Holly Inn was left unzoned. Hmm. It was just a block sitting in the center of the village that it that was the first hotel in Pinehurst had never been anything but a hotel and but it was dormant so it took us several months of going through uh, the newly formed village bureaucracy oh wow to uh, <laughs> get it rezoned so it could be a hotel. So we opened uh, on Christmas Eve, 1985, exactly 100 years after the Holly Inn opened originally. Oh, wow. And uh, so I feel uh, very uh, privileged to have been part of that resurrection. Uh, Again, it faltered in later times, and the good news is that uh, the resort uh, saw the potential there and was able to acquire it several years ago and have done several renovations that far exceeded the measly uh, few million dollars that we spent at the time. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. That's why I like having people on because I've, I've known Roy now for four plus years and we talk fairly regularly and I, I didn't know that story and that's awesome. That's fantastic. I love hearing stuff like that. So, well, but, but that leads us back to what you were mentioning about total zoning. Uh, people who come and have not had the ability to, A, have long life like I have, and B, to have been here long enough to see the transitions, don't know things like there was no overall county zoning until the uh, 1990s. Uh, There was just a lot of vast area that was unzoned. And Southern Pines, for example, didn't have a building inspector until the 1970s. Wow. It has it had its first development ordinance in the late 1980s. 
So uh, I read in the pilot uh, just most recently that uh, the um, newest uh, planning session for uh, long-range planning uh, for Southern Pines is underway. I was privileged enough to be on that committee the last time, and so I understand the challenges and uh, the opportunities for input from the community. But when you look at our county as a whole, one of the largest counties from north to south, lengthwise, and it takes an hour to drive across Moore County from uh, the south end to the north end, but yet we're still primarily rural north of Highway 2427. The population is centered here uh, with Southern Pines, Pinehurst, and Aberdeen, and most recently uh, the growth in Whispering Pines. So everything has become contiguous. Uh, if an outsider comes to town, you as a real estate person uh, can, even with their uh, unique GIS systems and all of the mapping that's available, you can ride them in your car on a tour of the area, and you can confuse them greatly as to what <laughs> municipality that they're in. That's <laughs> true. Uh, which leads to challenges as well as opportunities. Uh, Southern Pines has a distinct disadvantage in how it can grow. We're on the east side, uh, we're bordered by Fort Bragg, and up that corridor on the east side is horse country. Then you run into vast extraterritorial. If you cross over US-1, you're in Whispering Pines extraterritorial or in Whispering Pines. So there's a very narrow corridor up Highway 22, which is the only growth area for Southern Pines as far as land is concerned. So it is only right and natural that Southern Pines, and we started doing this in the last uh, study of how to develop and move forward, uh, was infill. Uh, Southern Pines had a tremendous, and still has, a large number of the in-town lots. Uh, several years ago, uh, we were able to convince council, uh, Southern Pines Council, that it made sense, since you had homes in Southern Pines that were built on 5,000-square-foot lots, to allow that again, because there had been a limitation put on that. It opened up many of the newer homes, but are are quite fitting into the character of downtown Southern Pines. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the other things that has occurred on uh, the west side of the railroad tracks are the number of homes along uh, Connecticut, Vermont, Rhode Island, New Jersey, heading west uh, that have been renovated. They were... Uh, in years past converted to rental properties because they were too large uh, to maintain as a single-family home anymore. A lot of those have been converted uh, back to single-family residence. Uh, there's been additional infield growth in, in that area. Hmm. So we are a unique village, city, minor growth area we think it's rapid but when you look at the metropolitan areas we're still slow growth hmm. but yet it tends to overwhelm us uh, we're always behind the curve in planning and a planning department cannot stay ahead of innovation uh, as i was mentioning earlier before we went on air uh, i've been privileged over the years to have been invited to do uh, things for and with the municipalities. And in the 1990s, I was with an ad hoc group of basically real estate people. Uh, it was myself, Frank Maser, Richard Dana, uh, and I believe that Robert Anderson, the architect, 
was in the group, but I could stand to be corrected on that. But we were challenged to look for ways to create a corridor from the airport to Aberdeen that could take traffic off of US-1 and US-15-501. And we kind of came up with that corridor, which is finally being uh, developed, uh, that will connect Henley Street with 15501 through the area where the new Target store is going. Hmm. Uh, there were some unique challenges there. The Knoll Road uh, that goes from uh, between uh, Mid-South and what is now Pinehurst Number 9, I, I still call it Plantation since I'm an old school kind of guy. <laughs> but no Road was part of that. And it was uh, not built on a timely basis. It was delayed for more than 10 years, even though the, the developer promised that to be completed as part of uh, being allowed to do certain things in those developments. So... <laughs> It's an interesting life. Uh, things have been challenging. Uh, the uh, The concept of having uh, living quarters upstairs and retailer office downstairs was formulated along Broad Street and Southern Pines. Yet with the urban sprawl, we went away from it from so many years. Now it's inevitable that if we're going to sustain growth in Southern Pines, we have to come back to that. Mm. So I, uh, I'm happy to see that um, the town of Southern Pines is continuing uh, to stay in the forefront. The same thing is occurring in Pinehurst. As I said earlier, Pinehurst was only incorporated in the early 1980s. And they came into being with a distinct disadvantage. They did not own the water system. And for years, there was battles within uh, Pinehurst, between Pinehurst and the county, over ownership of the water system. Uh, that uh, has pretty much been settled, but a lot of wasted energy went into that battle that could have been better used in other forms of, of producing good things. Uh, but it did put Pinehurst at a disadvantage in not being able to control their own water system. Hmm. Uh, you're here talk now about uh, there should just be one water system in the county. Well, I've got more days behind me than I do in front of me, uh, that won't happen in my lifetime. <laughs> However, there are opportunities, and they're already doing it. Uh, there's cooperation that has been longstanding between the municipalities for sharing, but each one covets its own control of its own destiny by being able to con control the water and sewer capacity. So those are interesting things that continue to evolve, they continue to show up, they continue to be problematic, because unless you stop growth, which some people say some people want to do, uh, it's inevitable that you're going to have these challenges. So the real key is how do you address the challenges do you try to do it with no growth? Quite frankly, there's some movements occurring uh, today that have that appearance. But I think that both county and municipal leaders long-term simply want to maintain the quality of life. And their challenge is, how do we do that? And it's awfully easy to say, well, let's stop. Let's don't have any more growth. Well, you're either doing one of two things. You're either growing or you're dying. Moore County is an oasis surrounded by counties that uh, to our west and our south that are more poverty-influenced uh, than we are. Uh, they don't have the challenges that we have of 
where we're going to find enough place to put houses, how we're going to maintain roads. Uh, they're concerned about keeping their tax base because they're losing population and there's more people leaving than there are coming in. The growth line in Moore County since the 1970s has been straight up. And even though there's always glitches, uh, as I said, we're an oasis surrounded by diversity that is unlike – we're all human beings. We're all people. But the ideas, the uh, wants, needs, and desires of those who choose to live in Moore County are different than some of our surrounding areas. Uh, I find it a unique challenge. I find it uh, – difficult because I have my ideas and uh, I don't think I'd be a good dictator uh, <laughs> because I would put some things to an end very quickly. <laughs> However, uh, we don't live in a dictatorship. We live in, an, in a community where even though sometimes it doesn't sound this way, everybody's opinion is valued. And that is what has made not just Southern Pines or Pinehurst or Aberdeen or Whispering Pines or the county, it's made all of them better people, better governance. So we get these little glitches of where somebody comes in and uh, they believe that uh, just because I was elected to uh, a position of authority that I know more than my constituents. Um, it doesn't happen very often, but it happens. Mm. And uh, that's a challenge that we have to face because people who are not in our profession, for example, they believe that all we want to see is more houses, more houses, more houses. Well, I'm here to tell you that on the drawing board, there are over a thousand uh, apartments either in the process of development in the approval process or coming out of the ground. And today, that thousand units can be absorbed as quickly as they can be built. Now, what's a good mix between multifamily and single family? Nobody knows. There is no simple answer. But when we look at our economy today, which is a challenge to us in the real estate profession because we've just come off of three of the best years in the history of Moore County real estate. And all of a sudden, we see this brick wall that's jumped up in front of us that has been created by inflation. Inflation, we believe, is solved by interest rates. Uh, when I took Econ 101 in dear old North Carolina State many years ago, the professor said that interest rates have never solved an inflation problem. So I don't know whether he was right or not, but <laughs> who knows? I wonder what he would have said to you. <laughs> that does cause you know solve it. Yeah. Uh, well, it is a portion of what solves it. Right. But it is not the solution per se hmm. because it's like putting your foot on the gas and putting your foot on the brake. Who knows how many multifamily or single-family units we need. We can project, but things can change that. If we raise interest rates too quickly, we cause the R word that nobody wants to say, recession. Some people say we're in one. We're not in one in Moore County. Mm -hmm. We are in a difficult situation because interest rates have bumped up above 7%. By the way, just as a sidebar, when I moved to Moore County in 1980, I was able to acquire a mortgage from the local savings and loan, which finally morphed into First Bank, for 11.5% adjustable, and I was happy to get it because the rates went to 17.5% locally, 18% and higher 
in the state. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So we tell me it. that seven is a bad rate. <laughs> we got it made pretty good right now, I'd say. Yeah. Well, that's another conundrum, too. With uh, I mean, well, so we have in Moore County, we're, like you said, we're really insulated from all the <clears throat> macroeconomics you know, problems and even nationwide in a lot of places for a small town, small area. Like I have a, a client right now that saw me on Reddit of all places, uh, you know, huh. like weirdly just posting something in the North Carolina like uh, topic page of reddit and uh and he saw something i posted six months ago and i've got him under contract in moore county he has he's never been to north carolina he just he's in Wa- northwest washington almost in canada so he's tired of the dreary days up there and he's lived there and he's got two kids one on the way and uh he's like i just want to move to north carolina and he's been researching it for a year and to three different places new Bern here and somewhere up near like fuqua Varina. And he chose the Pinehurst area. He's not a golfer. He just he's been researching it, and he's like, "Man, this is the place. This seems like a hidden gem." And I think that a problem we have with with housing is that we're still we're still good now. Um, you know, I mean, I've, I've still got buyers. I mean, things have slowed down for sure, but interest rates haven't really uh, aff- affected us as much as I think a lot of the surrounding counties and, and the state in general. Well, um, I I think that's true. I think one of the things that has kept us viable, though, is the growth continues to come. Uh, depending on who you talk to, statistically, the county grows at somewhere between one and a quarter and one and a half percent annually. Well, we're above 100,000 population. So what does that mean? If it's one and a half percent, that's 1,500 people. Well, if you divide 1,500 people by... 2.3, which is an average household, you know, you need a bunch of houses just for the new people. Uh, that doesn't allow for the move-ups, the move-overs, and, the, and needing the larger family or the downsizing or everything that occurs in the real estate industry. So we traditionally absorb somewhere in the neighborhood of 2,200 to 2,500 homes a year in the county. Um, so what does that mean? What does absorb the homes mean? That means that that uh, is how many that are sold in Moore County. Okay. Uh, now, <clears throat> for 25 years prior to the 2006 era that came in, mm-hmm. When the growth really started from the military side, the average inventory on the market in Moore County was around 1,200 units, which meant that we had a six-month supply at all times. For the last year, that supply has been under 200 units which means that it was a buyer's market. You saw uh, people bidding up. You saw houses selling for above uh, the list price. We're seeing some adjustment in that. In the real estate market, we call that a shift. Uh, We're shifting back right now, this last month. The statistics, and I just printed them this morning, are showing that we have above an inventory of 200 that we're heading towards uh, more like 350 or so, which is still not a good thing. It's too low. Far, Historically, it's low. way low. Way yeah. low. And But, however, uh, it's, it's coming somewhat back to where we can uh, begin to deal with it. And our list price are stabilizing. You're not seeing uh, every time a, a property comes on the market that it's listed higher than the one across the street. Uh, so this is not a a rapid change. It will be a subtle change, but we will see a shift back to where I don't know what normal will be. It will never be what it used to be, but it also won't be what it has been for the last two or three years. And so I think that uh, our marketplace is having trouble adjusting to that. We've had a number of new people, just like yourself, 
who have come into the the profession uh, in the last few years when everything was good mm-hmm. uh, haven't been through a downturn or a slow up or high interest rates. So the mentality of the brokerage community has to shift. The mentality of the sellers has to shift. The mentality of the buyers is just right. They want it <laughs> the most house they can get for the least amount of money, uh, which is the great American way. There's nothing wrong with that. So what we're going to see is we're going to see some type of, of leveling here but we still have difficulty overcoming the shortage of homes. And we're not building enough new homes to get that inventory back up to where it becomes a level playing field where there's as many sellers as there are buyers. That's what you kind of call an equal market. But that's the reason I say that we could absorb this thousand units of apartments as fast as they can be built and really have no influence, I believe, on the single family housing market. Yeah. I do we I've heard over the last couple few years, we'll say, um, of a trend across the country in certain areas where there is high growth of people buying duplex, you know, multifamily homes, not an apartment, but, you know, what was or could be a single family home that's turned into a multi unit. I just was wondering what you think about that. And I mean, what? Well, I mean, does that <laughs> see? I just, it just, it was interesting to me when I heard it. And I, well, it creates a unique opportunity because that comes into zoning. Okay. And most of our zoning is already established. Uh, there are areas in Southern Pines, for example, uh, where if you could find a lot, that you could build a duplex. Uh, but most zoning today has narrowed the opportunities for those types of situations. Okay. Uh, makes perfect sense. Um, but everything that goes around comes around. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm a uh, firm believer and a biblical uh, follower, and Solomon was right in, when he wrote the Proverbs, and he said, there's nothing new under the sun. <laughs> And so it's just a matter of we have to cycle and recycle. But if we don't learn from our past history, and that's the great downfall of our nation today, and we don't have time to to <laughs> solve that problem this morning. Right. But the fact that we have no knowledge of our history, there are very few people just like this rambling that I've done this morning – who have gone through the transition in the county. I think if uh, – and we still have a a um, rather older population here, but they're no longer the strongest demographic like they used to be. And I think you, your situation is unique in that you have lived here for so long, a lot of the older population. Correct. It doesn't have that history, that knowledge of history, because they, they came, moved here. They moved here, right? And um, I'll throw in my little editorial cue here: is they moved here because of the quality of life. Uh, unfortunately, some of them want to create the same, the same <laughs> quality of life that they moved from. Right. But that's another story, and we'll address that another day. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. looks like we're racking up the life problems to solve here. So. <laughs> well, that's why I wanted Roy here, because if anybody can solve them, this guy can. <laughs> so, uh, a couple of things I wanted to mention. So as, as you being a builder, you know, uh, after your financial uh, business there uh, in Harville Construction Company. I mean, and as being in real estate for so long, being in Moore County for so long, I mean, obviously there's a big problem with single family housing and affordable housing because we've been growing so much. Now, apartments is certainly something I think we need. <clears throat> what is there a real, and I know this is a tough question, I'm going to put you on the spot because there probably isn't any magical answer, but what do you think needs to be done considering planning, zoning, whatever you think in your opinion to get more affordable housing 
in Moore County. We have land, like you said, up in the north, northern, northwest side of the county. I think that would be a good place at least to have some established affordable well, housing. Affordable housing has always been an enigma in who defines what's affordable. Yeah. And what occurs is briefly what we see from the last three years of low interest rates and moderately priced homes. We think that our average price in Moore County is significant because it's jumped 40% in two years, uh, and that is a big leap. But if you still go back and look at the trend lines, it only trends in at about 4% a year since the 70s. So all we've done is we've made up some ground that was held steady for a number of years when we never went into decline, but we really didn't see the the growth in pricing. But with that said, uh, our problem is zoning, and our problem is infrastructure. Uh, The county has done a better job of uh, getting water, but there's still water not in every rural area. the other thing is that the county missed a golden opportunity 20 years ago to expand the sewer system into areas Vass, Cameron, back around towards Carthage. And you can't fault people for not making what you think was a decision that should have been made, even though I did voice it to the powers that be at the time, and they were friends of mine. But uh, they did not see fit to pursue that. A lot of money was available through uh, government uh, low-interest loans. Could have made a lot of sense. Didn't happen. Is it going to happen now? Mm, The the expansion of the, the VAST system, which was promised in 1996 when the county took over the water system, even when it was expanded just a few years ago, they did a a high-pressure forced main line from Vast to Southern Pines. Well, in layman's terms, that means we don't want any growth on that line because it's going to cost too much to tap the line. <laughs> now, that's, I'm sure, not what the county intended. They intended to build the line as least expensive as they could. So it's easy for me to sit here and say you made a mistake. But in my judgment, it was a mistake. Can it be rectified? Not easily. It can be rectified, but not easily. You're seeing now Carthage hooking sewer through the Pinehurst system back to this end of the county to allow some growth in that area. But we're still extremely short of infrastructure. And we expanded the sewer system at Ador a few years ago, which is the primary uh, functioning system for all of Southern Moore County. Eventually, it will have to be expanded again or a new system built. Uh, there was a move afoot when the Dormy Club was established, and there was going to be a whole new town created between NC-211 and uh, Highway 73. Primary requirement, you have to create a sewer treatment plant. What happened? Didn't happen. Now that land's in conservation. I'm not opposed to conserving the land. Mm -hmm. I'm simply saying that rather than municipal government coming into some form of quasi-partnership to develop infrastructure with a developer, an opportunity was missed because infrastructure is so expensive that the private sector, and no matter how much we think we're growing, we don't have the absorption for a developer to come in and put in a sewer system and have to foot the bill up front. It's just, will it come? Maybe. I don't think in my lifetime.
Yeah, well, that's a good point. I've talked to you about both these listings I had about a year ago and, and, and just happened to be the same owner. And there were one in, just outside of Pinehurst and it was an unapproved subdivision. And then in Southern Pines over there off Pennsylvania heading towards Knollwood. I can't remember the name of that road. Is it East Pennsylvania or something? You take a left. West. West Pennsylvania. And on to New York. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the extension. Yeah, and, the, and they called it the Lost City, right? Yeah, well, yeah, sort Lost of. City. Yeah, we can, well, I guess my point is, it, I, I, in both of those uh, listings that I had, um, you know, buyers were interested, but when Pinehurst was an unapproved subdivision, so they had, if you bought the lot, you had to put the infrastructure in for the entire subdivision, not just your lot. You couldn't put a septic system there. And same with the Southern Pines when I was able to sell that, but they, they had to pay to extend the sewer well, system 300 it, feet. And, and it's a difficult thing for municipalities. Okay. How do you treat the new person coming uh, and be even with the people who were here already. Mm-hmm. It, it's a difficult situation, but I'll, I'll point one thing out in closing, which is going to become more controversial. The largest number of undeveloped or underdeveloped lots are in West Southern Pines. Streets are in. Infrastructure's there, albeit it needs some upgrading. Uh, there's a heritage that does not want to be lost and should not be lost there. And yet the pressure for that to develop, and you're seeing a lot of new construction uh, going on in West Southern Vines. There is uh, one local developer who owns a substantial number of lots in West Southern Vines. Is that something that we feel comfortable sharing like what the name of that developer well i don't i don't think it's worth me bringing up one developer over another mm. sure he he's owned those lots for several years he didn't just buy them yesterday right uh and he's also uh a, a very benevolent person who's offered and does a lot of things that people don't know about so you can do a little research, find out who it is. Right, right. But uh, that's when when Habitat uh, started building in West Southern Pines. There was some pushback uh, because uh, not too long after some of the houses were uh, occupied, they became sources of uh, of drug dealers and and things of that nature. Um, the community in West Southern Pines, Southern Pines the Police Department, have done a fantastic job in reducing uh, crime, not just in West Southern Pines, but in all of Southern Pines. But it's still a challenge because where poverty exists, where there's not enough recreational facilities, where there's not enough uh, adventures for young people. Uh, the Boys and Club, uh, Girls Club has done a tremendous job, but they can only reach so many. And so yeah. we've got challenges, not just in Southern Pines. Aberdeen, we could spend a whole hour with Aberdeen. We could spend an hour with uh, uh, Pinehurst. They all have challenges that are unique, but yet they're the same. And what we need is bold leadership who's willing to look at things from all sides, not just one side, and make decisions that are based on what's best for the community at large rather than just a individual situation. I agree. That's, that's yeah, awesome. it's important. It, I don't think we have time to get really into it, but I Ever since I moved here, I've wondered about the relationship between the three municipalities in this area of the county, Southern Pines, Aberdeen, Pinehurst, and how they manage cooperative growth. Can you say yeah. something to yeah, that? Yeah, if, if we have another minute, mm-hmm. um, Southern Pines in the 1980s lost the annexation war with Aberdeen. Uh, Aberdeen had an aggressive town manager in the 1980s, and he set about annexing everything that we now know as Hamburger Row along <laughs> US 1 and 15501. Right. 
And all of a sudden, Southern Pines woke up and said, hey, we got to do something. Well, as I said earlier, they were already landlocked. That just exasperated the problem. In the late, uh, I mean, it's actually the early 2000s, the Chamber of Commerce, uh, and I'll give a shout out here to David Warnoff. He was one of the uh, first people out of the gate that says, look, we need to quit competing with each other and find ways to cooperate with each other. And we had several summits where we brought in the leadership from each of the municipalities, including the county, and we talked about ways how we could cooperate. And what you're seeing now is that planning has come together where uh, not everything is the same, but you can generally have a feel for one zoning uh, statement in Southern Pines is pretty close to what Aberdeen is, is pretty close to what Pinehurst is, is pretty close to what the county is. Uh, the sharing of uh, data, uh, the intersection uh, and sharing of water and sewer. Uh, I've done a couple of uh, deals uh, where we had to uh, trade uh, Southern Pines uh, sewer off to Aberdeen because of where the location uh, was of, of the development being done. Uh, and those were groundbreaking back in the uh, 80s and 90s to get them to agree to uh, and now it's pretty commonplace hmm. uh, but it didn't just come about it took bold leadership it took people willing to sit down and talk about the differences because everybody wants to maintain the integrity of their community and rightfully so nothing wrong with that but you still have to realize that you don't live in a microcosm that you are part of the greater community you're part of the community that's part of the county that's part of the state that's part of the nation and if you lose sight of that then as i said you're not living and growing you're dying hmm. and i point. don't believe that our larger municipalities and our county is dying i think we're just looking for ways to uh, have a better quality of or maintain the quality of life while not losing the integrity of being a place that people want to move to rather than from yeah absolutely how are we looking at on time there frank we are well we should probably think about wrapping up i have that's right. questions that i could ask but well they're all they're all nebulous like the combined growth between the municipalities yeah well what's interesting when i'm talking to roy it's always he's just a wealth of knowledge know. i'm just like i want to i want to ask him everything yeah, i want to keep what, asking what is the secret of life roy <laughs> <laughs> that's not a hard question is it but i bet you can answer it i, I don't have enough time for that but i okay. do have an answer it's an old joke okay <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Is it a no. clean joke? <laughs> well, I could clean it up. Okay, <laughs> but then, but then, it's not as funny. Right? Yeah, right. No, it's yeah. not as funny. Yeah, you know, it has to pack a punch there. So, yeah. no, but uh, you know, I mean. If if we're kind of getting ready on time, it is getting there. So I will say, you know, uh, special thanks to Roy Harville with US One Realty Group and Ke the broker in charge at Keller Williams Pinehurst. I have to say again, he's been probably my the biggest mentor in my life and my real estate career. He's always answered the phone. He's always been a part of my, uh, you know. Uh, panic attacks when something goes south you know in, in real estate it's like I, I don't i don't let the client know that but i'm like roy what do i do what do i do you know he's like he's like well look just calm down he's always got a a saying or you know a joke to lighten the mood and he's like look this is what you need to do and you go do it and i'm like all right well that makes sense he's like don't worry about all that other stuff you know just don't don't be so emotional tony just just we, do it you know we need that uh, in our lives I, I know i do with some things that happen here from time to time yeah right i mean you need that voice of reason you do and experience and it's not his first rodeo so he's he's been there he's done that i'm sure you've like everybody you've had the ups and downs and well we don't talk about the failures because i have a uh, a long list of those 
And uh, I learned from all of them. I call that continuing education. That's right. And all my continuing education has been extremely costly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, every successful person has failed many times. The only difference is they didn't uh, quit. So, or at least if they quit, they went on to something that was a little bit more lucrative or uh, (laughs) figured something something out. So, yeah. So we appreciate it, Roy Harville. Make sure you check out US One Realty Group. Uh, You know, we're both realtors, but uh, sidebar. I mean, as Keller Williams, there is a, a culture and a family there that you know we want to see each other succeed and uh you know uh, by all means if there was anybody i would recommend uh if you weren't going to choose me for real estate it would be roy harville us1 realty group <laughs> yeah and several agents okay. at keller williams your checks in the box Tom. thank you very much <laughs> there you go. that's a referral feed uh roy no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know all seven of our listeners are you know, hey maybe one of them's buying a house who knows right uh-huh. <laughs> so. and there will be many more to come. So, I mean, that's right. Do we need to keep track of that? Sure. Yeah. I want to, I need to, I've got a contract written up for you to sign here when you leave, Roy. But <laughs> no, they're absolutely fantastic human being. And uh, we're, we're very lucky. I'm very lucky to know him. Uh, you know, huge mentor of mine. And Frank, you know, your mustache might as well be a mentor of mine because it's fantastic. Oh, thank you. Yes, absolutely. Well, executive producer Frank Daniels, thank you for having us both on and for allowing me to have fun and uh, interview great people in Moore County like Roy Harville. And uh, make sure you, uh, you you stick around for the next many shows, hopefully. That That's we, right. That we're many. Doing. Yeah, so. Uh, many to come. Yeah, all, all walks of life we, we're interviewing here. So, great, great. What's, we're still trying to work on this sign-off thing, you know. I think you've been doing a great job. You think? Yes. So. You've been doing very well. Thank George you. Burns had the answer. Good night, Gracie. Say good night, Gracie. <laughs> good night, Gracie. <laughs> <laughs>